Hi, this is Mike. This is Russ. And this is Matt. And you're listening to the Empty Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacunical community. It is Saturday, the 10th of May, and we're up to episode 64 in the podcast. How are my two fellow podcasters today? How are you doing, Mike? Um, good, thank you. I, I know we don't like to mention the weather, but it it is pretty, pretty wet and windy outside. It's pissing down, mate. Come on. Let's yes, do yes. <laughs> El Nino has arrived early. <laughs> So what have you been up to? Um, mainly work. Um, and when I've not been working, I've been recovering at home, really. So I'm going on a hike later, though. So that might be interesting with the weather outside. Yeah, you picked a good day for it, mate. Excellent. Yeah. How have you got your welly bobs with you? Yes. <laughs> How about you, Russ? Me, yeah, similarly to mention the weather. It's not pissing down or gaffles winds down in the, uh, the deep south, but um, it's certainly very, very grey and overcast with plenty of cloud. Uh, other than that, this week's mostly consisted of work, gym, and finally catching up with Anchorman 2. That, uh, if anyone's seen the, the first film, it's definitely worth a watch. It's a lot better than what the review said of it, so uh, I recommend it. I might have to check that out. Mm. as for me so uh, firstly an apology we didn't manage to get a podcast out last week uh, i was a little bit distracted unfortunately my cat got run over by a car last week uh, my vet has already described me as the unluckiest cat owner he's ever seen because uh, if you don't know i've already got a three-legged cat as a consequence of a car accident and uh, unfortunately uh, merlin my kitten got run over well his kitten is about six six months old now uh, he got run over last wednesday he got rear-ended, apparently, which uh, fractured his pelvis and dis- on one side and dislocated his pelvis on the other side, as well as quite a lot of internal damage. So, poor little fella. But he went and had an operation this week, and he's uh, he's looking a much better now. Um, I don't want to say ill of the uh, of the, re- the post-op-recovering cat, but he does look rather funny because he's been shaven from the waist down. <laughs> he he kind of looks a little bit like one of those shaven poodles, bless him. Um <laughs> But uh, he's he's eating well and uh, he's recovering. So that's that's been my main distraction. So apologies for not getting a podcast out last week. Uh, what else have I been up to? Again, like you guys, really, it's mostly been work um, and family issues and cat issues, really. Lots of stuff going on there, uh, none of which I'll bore you with. I did see this week that uh, Baby Metal's got a couple of, got a date in Camden and I nearly bought tickets for it, but I, I did in the end, so... Mm-hmm. Um, or is it the underworld? It wasn't. No, uh, it was been upgraded. Yeah, yeah, it's been upgraded. It wasn't the Camden, Camden underworld, but it's now gone in the forum. So there we go. Not cheap though. Were no, they? they were like twenty-eight pounds a ticket plus. Uh, yeah, and I thought, oh, that's a bit too much, really. That's that's taking them a little bit. If it had been twenty quid, I might consider it. But it's still cheaper than getting your photo taken with Avril Lavigne. To be fair. Yeah, I suspect substantially more interesting for me as well. To be honest. Uh, no disrespect to Avril, but um, she should be paying me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> with fridge, with a complimentary fridge. That's the milkshake, by the way, not the. Um, the oh right, I was gonna say. <laughs> not the <American> football <laughs> That's the old school, Mike. I don't think he's been playing for a while. <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving on. So in news this week, well, the Kunikola have come to the end of the first leg of the US tour, and then they've skipped over the couple of borders into Central and South America for a couple of shows. Uh, we've seen quite a few videos posted on YouTube this week, uh, including them playing Fire, the song Fire, from Dark Adrenaline live in Mexico. I think it was Mexico. Uh, that was pretty interesting to see. I don't think anybody was expecting that thrown onto the set list. Uh, it's, did you also see the pictures of the, the coiler that um, said, I want to sing with you, let me sing with you, and they kind of drew her up on stage. And Yeah, that's good. Uh, 
that's really cool. So mm. that's a, that's a fantastic shout out to that coiler um, or friends of that coiler. If um, she contacts us at the podcast, uh, I think I'll send her something because that was pretty cool actually. So make contact with us and we'll send you a poster and a fan pack or something like that. Because I was well impressed with that. And it'd be great to see a Lacuna Core doing that for their fans. I love that. That's just them all over, really, I think. You know, you can just imagine them seeing that out there and seeing the, the, the big uh, card that she held up. And then I saw Mouse pointing out to her and they kind of pulled her out. I, I don't know what song was sung. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that someone's recorded it. I would have thought that loads of people would have recorded that. So I'll look out on YouTube for it. But I, I thought that was amazing. Great photos and a great yeah. experience for her. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of a little bit of snippet of news we have this week. What we do have is an interview with Christina. So Kathleen from the uh, from the Facebook Caller community, uh, on behalf of Empty Spiral, interviewed Christina last week. It's a really interesting interview because it's all about Christina as a role model to children and about positivity and about just... Her attitude towards life, it's its really different, really, really interesting. And thank you so much, Kathleen, for, for taking the time to, to pull together the interview and interview Christina. I really enjoyed listening to it, and I hope you all do too. much for taking the time to let me interview you. Today there seems to be a lot of musicians and artists who act in a negative way to get more attention or media coverage. How do you think that this is influencing kids and teens? That's a very good question. Uh, you're right. The, the thing is that things are changing. So when I was younger, uh, the most transgressive thing was like people like Madonna, you know, dressing mm -hmm. something some somehow like in a sexy way. Now it's like all about like getting half naked or yeah. <laughs> or or show everyone that you're smoking weed so you're cool. And I guess it's personal freedom. So every artist is free to do whatever they want to. But at the same time, I understand that like the young generations are getting a lot of like they're they're taking these people as examples so it might be really difficult for for parents to kind of guide the kids but at the same time i think that the kids are not that stupid so they will find their way anyhow so i'm for personal freedom but uh, it is a, a dangerous responsibility from the artist because they they will influence no matter what their fans and at the same time it's, it's hard to control your actions like to give you an example, I posted in my in my Facebook page, I posted a picture of me with half face of the Predator because there is an mm. app on my phone. And I got a mail from a dad that was like, oh, please remove that picture because my kids got scared. And it's like, what? <laughs> I was a little bit surprised because I can't control any fan. I can't control any single person that comes to my page that might be disturbed if I put a picture of a of a horror character or what I say. I mean, I want to be myself and I, I can't help it. What qualities do you think someone should have as a great role model? That's hard to say. That's very, very hard to say. I think that you can have a good quality if you, if you can influence positively somebody. So making somebody more 
more strong, more confident. Uh, I, I, I feel a lot of insecurity from a lot of our fans that are going through like dark moments or like so if you if you're able to to kind of tell them that no matter what life is made of up and down you seem to be a very positive and confident person have you always been this confident if not how are you able to change your mindset i wasn't at all i mean i'm confident in in some parts of my of my of my person in a way that i know that i can be a good singer i know that i can perform right but I can be insecure as every other person in the world. You know, when I look at myself in the mirror, you know, some days I wake up, I look at myself in the mirror, I hate myself because I, I don't feel I'm pretty enough or like, oh, look at me, I just have my hair, I have, I'm having a bad hair day. But I just learned through the years that the perception you have of yourself is not really how, how you really are, how you really look. So it, it all depends from your, like, from your attitude towards life and the more you get positive, the more you understand to, to, to accept yourself, the better you look when you see your reflection and the better you feel. So when I, when I started with the band, I was extremely shy. I didn't want to be on stage. I didn't want to be in the spot. I was hiding myself behind the microphone because I was scared about, about people and the judgment of the people, but not really because I wasn't worthy. It was my problem. I was worried about their judgment. And then I started to realize, like, that it doesn't really matter because no matter what people will always say something about you will always criticize you you will get compliments but you will always find somebody that criticize you but in the end nothing really changes in your life so it was like why why to worry i'm here i'm doing what i like i'm performing i'm loving the connection with the, with the crowd who came to see our shows and i love what i do so i just started to stop worrying and started to become more and more confident but it's not that i was like that from the beginning it's something that you learn once you start to realize that it's not really important what people think about you okay like you kind of helped me be comfortable with myself and i've heard that from others too like how does that feel to like know that you've changed someone's mindset it, it feels great it feels great because when i when i say that everyone is unique and there is a huge potential in each person i i really mean it because if if i think about myself i'm not the typical let's say beautiful model like super tall with big boobs like perfect body uh perfect skin but i convince the world that i'm a beautiful girl that i'm sexy just because i feel this way i mean i'm not that much but but it's it is so easy to convince the world of what you really think about yourself so if you feel confident you show it and people will have this perception so if if i can do it every person on earth can do it because it's more about your attitude your uh, the way the way you move the way you look at people it's way more than like being purely physically perfect as a lot of medias want to want to put in your head well you're in an industry where basically women are expected to be like Miley Cyrus or whatever yeah. <laughs> you know um and dress in like skimpy clothing and like do things that draw attention to themselves like have you ever felt pressured to 
do that or be no, like that? No, not at all. We've, we've been lucky enough that uh, our our label never really tried to to push us in in a direction like that. Actually, we had some not fights, but in in the beginning they wanted to 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 put you in a cliche. So you know, like the gothic cliche with roses and and. Uh, unicorns and stuff like that. We said like we are not like that. I mean, maybe because we're Italian, so we have a completely different backgrounds. We are more. Uh, we we like fashion. We like to portray to like an elegant image. We like. We love the gothic scene. We love to be dressed in black, obviously, but we wanted something different. So in the beginning, there was a little bit of clash because they were convinced that we should have pursue that type of image and we didn't want to so as soon as they understood that we had a pretty good taste and people was liking what we were doing with our own image they were like okay and they gave us all the freedom to do whatever we wanted to do in music and in looks and I wouldn't feel confident to to show too much just because I don't think it's it's my style but I'm not against I'm not against anybody who's doing it. I mean, Miley Cyrus, I mean, she's really young. She's really young and she's coming from like years and years of pressures of being the 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 girl next door. So she probably wants to get rid of this and that's why she's overdoing it. Do you think society is like becoming more accepting of like those who are different and... Yes, yes, yes. I mean, if you think about even like musicians like... A, like Marilyn Manson, for example. I mean, he became famous just because he showed the the ugliest part of a person. You know, he would make himself even even uglier on purpose. And I think that now society is more worried about who is showing up the most. Probably less of the content, which is a sad thing. But I also understand that, especially in the in the music business, in the show business, everybody's looking for the astonishing thing. Now everyone is kind of so used to YouTube, to real videos put out there, and everybody's looking at the videos like, oh, yeah, it's not really happening, even if something is, is happening. So I think that probably society now is a little bit more dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, a lot of teens and adults are, like, so focused on being thin and fitting in and... They have low self-esteem and everything. Like, what would you tell them? Like, well, I guess? they try to fit in, but they try to fit in trying to be someone else. And they shouldn't really focus on, like, copying other people or, like, watching, uh, you know, TV shows and, like, I would like to be there, I would like to, to be... Because it's it's kind of fake. They should, they should understand that there is a line in between, like, real life and... TV shows. The TV shows, even when they do like really, how do you call them? Like, um, uh, how do you call like, how do you call like a, the Big Brother? Like when they're supposed to, to, to talk about real life and they're filming it, there is nothing real because they're taking bits and pieces on purpose because they want to show you what they want is not what's really happening. So they they should. They should try to focus more on on their life, on their dreams, on on on, on not on get better people, because that would sound like preaching. <laughs> and that's that's not what I mean. When you when you try to fit in, 
it's because you feel insecure. So they should feel less insecure about that because just like fitting in doesn't make you better, a better person. You should work on yourself before trying to fit in something else. That's the, that's the key. You should start from you instead of like being a part of a bigger group, just like trying to get bigger and bigger yourself without really fitting at any cost because that's not really important. If you think about a whole life, how many times you try to fit and then it doesn't really matter. You're at school, you try to fit in the group, but then school is over. You don't even think about the group because all these people is gone and then you try to fit in your job with the group of worker. And then you might change job and that group is not that important. It's all about you moving on. Okay, that's it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank Sorry you. Sorry for the blabbering. Thank you very much, Kathleen, for the uh, interview with Christina. Really enjoyed it. And uh, let's hopefully we'll get some more interviews from the, the lady very, very soon. This week, we are reviewing the album Karma Code. So we spent the last 13 weeks or so going through individual songs. But now we're going to summarise the whole album, give our final thoughts before we then go on to review next week as a kind of a little extra, little little freebie. Well, you get it for free anyway, but you know what I mean. We're going to go on to the extras that are on the album. But this week, we're going to sort of summarise the um, our overall feeling of the album itself so where should we start then uh should we talk about the the history of the album i guess it's probably the best place to start it yeah mm-hmm. right so um as russell told me a few minutes ago <laughs> the album was recorded in two parts in 2005 uh first recording session was at woodhouse studios that was february march 2005 and then there was a big gap which we suspect was due to a lot of touring that took place that year and as Lacuna Cod have said many times in the past, they're lazy bums and they don't do a lot of recording when they're on tour they're, they're, or, or even writing. They're just out there and, and touring for, for the fans. But in September at uh, Magic Arts in Italy, they recorded the second part, finalising the album. They then mixed it in October, November 2005. And the album itself was released March 31st, 2006. So it's actually spread out over quite a long time, Karma Code. And let's not forget, there was also a big gap between Karma Code being released and its predecessor, Comalize, being released. Uh, it was quite a substantial amount of time. Uh, it was, it's fair to say, I think, and you know, I'm sure you guys will agree with me, that those years between Comalize and Karma Code were spent very much cementing their identity in the US with lots and lots of touring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I think that's, that's, that's reflected in a lot of what we see. So, yeah, released in March 2006. Uh, there was a release show at the Forum. Uh, I think it was the day before. Or it might have been just the day after. I think it was the day before. Uh, which I got to see in that, which was great. Uh, they also played at least one of the songs. I think we think it's, it, it was Fragile, which they called A3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it might have been To The Edge as well. But they, they played that because I saw them in Grass Pop in 2005. 
and I know that they played um, Fragile then. They hadn't called it Fragile at that point in time. They also played played it again, or sorry, before that, I think they also played it at Ozfest, I think. But there were certainly quite a few of the live shows that they were, the festivals they were playing in 2005, they were showing some of these songs out. Uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of a, a bit of background to the album itself. It was, I said it was released March 31st in Europe, but it was actually the 3rd of April in the UK. Um, and again, we've got this weird situation where they release the album on different dates. We're April 4th in North America, and then it was all spread out over about four dates, really. Now, as Christina recently said in an interview with, I think it was Radio Rock in the US, Karma Code is the Kunikor's most successful album in terms of sales. It sold over 500,000 copies uh, officially. Uh, I know it sold over, I think it was, I can't remember how many it sold in the UK, but it certainly sold over 20,000 copies in Italy, which I think was unprecedented at the time. And I think in the US, I think it sold a couple of hundred thousand, something like that. So it's it did very, very well. I think in the Billboard chart, it got to number 28, I think. That was in the, the main Billboard chart. I think in in the UK albums chart, 47. And it was around sort of 40s and 30s. Uh, across most of the European charts, most successfully in Italy, where it got to number 17. So, I mean, it's it was a very, very popular album. Do you guys remember some of the stuff that happened around the time that Karma Code was released when we started seeing the graphics and stuff? Let's talk about the graphics for a moment, because I think that's that actually... So I remember very, very well from 2005. Do, do you remember when they when the, um, the record company, when Central Media released the graphics for Karma Code and the... The kind of the response at that time. I, I remember the uh, not so much the graphics and the album. I remember them more from the tour. You know, the evening with tour that they did before mm. that, where they started doing the bandages when they came on stage. Whether that was kind of the starting process of of all of this, I'm not too sure whether it was or whether that's a separate thing for it. Yeah, what about you, Rush? Do you remember that at all? Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I certainly distinctly remember that Karma Code is, to this day, I think it's the album that generated the most of publicity and press in the mainstream. Yes. And obviously there was elements of the artwork. There was the distinctive band image that was coming out as well, projected from the from the stage clothes, the white shirts, the, the black sort of bottoms, the, the ties. And I just remember all the mainstream magazines, whether it was Metal Hammer, Kerrang, there was something to do with Lacuna Court and Karma Code everywhere you looked. And it was just, you know, a big, big time for the band because, you know, as you mentioned, Comalize was such a big record. There had been such a, a gap between the release of Comalize and when Karma Code finally came out because of the heavy touring. So there was this sort of, dare I say, weight of expectation that had been built up. Oh, I think there was. I think that was, you're absolutely right. There was totally this weight of expectation. I think Karma Code, um, certainly amongst quite a few people across the, the Kunikor fan base, um, it, it suffered as a consequence of this, this expectation, this hype, and when the music, when the music, when the imagery first came out for Karma Code, and let's not forget, we need to kind of go go back in time and think about where where Lacuna Course fans were at that point in time. We'd had album, we'd had, we'd previously had Comalize. Prior to that, we'd had Unleash Memories, and those two albums 
that work very closely together, both graphically and to a lesser extent musically. And then Carmico comes on, and it firstly we get a totally different visual lacuna core. We get the, the faceless man, okay, which is just totally out there. Um, the, um, the, the graphics put together by a completely different design studio. It it kind of it th- it threw people for six. I think you know nobody really knew what to expect at that point in time because the the visuals were so very very different. There was loads of conversations going on on it. Empty Spire at the time of what this meant and all that kind of stuff was going. On. It was really quite a certainly a rich time for conversation. But immediately, Kamako was creating controversy. Controversy, I should say. That was exciting, but at the same time, there was this thought, what the hell is this album about? What are we going to get here? And that didn't stop when we started to hear the songs come out, because there was like, oh, they've lost their European sound, they've gone all American. And then the band were saying, right, we've put in all kinds of music, we've got bagpipes, we've got Eastern European sounds, we've got um, uh, well, we've got sort of Middle Eastern sounds, we've got all kinds of stuff on this. And it really started to sound extremely eclectic. But nobody really got a handle within the community as to what this was about and it was absolutely fascinating i thought don't you think as well that like russ has touched upon how much in the mainstream this was focused on with them and we know this through the touring cycle and everything that you can almost split their career at that time in two parts you've got as you mentioned unleashed memories and comalize and everything before that and then they almost press the reset button and this was so unexpected of where they were going to move forward with their imagery like you mentioned and everything else moving forwards but equally now when you look back this was the point i think where it cemented their legacy with uh, everything that they're doing like moving forward from that point I agree. I think this was a turning point. Yeah, Karma Code was the branch in the road, and they could have yeah. gone one direction. They could have, um, they could have sort of, I don't know, gone further and deeper into a darker European sort of post inner reverie, unleashed memories, arguably comalized place, and mm. remained in that. But they didn't, and I think this is. The choice they made at that point was to say, we're going to become completely cosmopolitan in our sound. We're going to open ourselves up to new areas. We're going to open ourselves up to criticism as a consequence. And as I said it in my review, which I'll come on to in a little while, it's a musical journey to the um, Lacuna Car had always been on, but it was no more evident than it was when they released Karma Code. And there was a, a gauntlet that they laid, they laid out to their fans at that point. It was like, we are on this musical journey. We're not doing this for you. We're doing this for us. We are exploring our sound. We we are creating music because we want to, and we're creating the kind of music that we want to create. You can come with us and take that path, or you can choose not to. And we're not going to judge you either way. This is what we're choosing to do. And that was the split in the road. They took that path. And and I, I absolutely total respect for the band for doing that. But it was a it was a reset, Mike, as you say. Mm. And a brave move as well, for because of the. Uh, I think at the time when when it came out, there was such as we mentioned before, such a gap between Comalize and this release, mainly because of the touring cycle. I mean, p- fans drop off 
from from following bands and this as you say the fork in the road it's like either you unite and join with us or as you say you you don't and and that was a very bold move at the time by them because it could have gone very very wrong for them as a band but it's gone completely the other way and well the rest is history as they say isn't it Mm, mm. what do you think russ yeah i mean i totally agree with what what you've both said and I think we've touched upon this in a few of the previous reviews. Obviously, we mentioned the, you know, the depth of the touring cycle that the band were doing. And, you know, there is a shift in sound. But as we said before, no Lacuna Coil album is identical. They could have quite easily gone in and made Comalize part two. But then, you know, creatively, creatively, where's that going to leave the band? Secondly, obviously, there's the shift through the touring that, you know, Lacuna Coil has become now both a creative outlet as well as a live touring band. So the shift in the style of Karma Code is more to sort of focus upon the live show, which Mm. brings strength through the songs of, you know, Fragile, To The Edge, Fragments of Faith, because they are energetic live songs. There's great songs on Unleashed Memories. There's great songs on Comalize, but they're not necessarily, you know, killer live tracks because they're more sort of, one of a better term, like ambient soundscapes. There's a lot going on on the tracks, on the albums, but they're not necessarily representative of a live setting, which I think is what the shift is in Karma Code that you now get moving forwards. I think that's, that's so it's, absolutely it's, correct. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. It's, and, and a, it's a contrast of the two styles. Let, let's talk about that for a moment, actually. Let's come on to the music on Karma Code. There's, there's a number of things that you, you sort of that i can draw out from what you said there the first thing and this has been said so many times is the americanization of lacuna core sound uh, people will in, in a I, I i think wrongly derogatory way refer it to the corn base you know mm. corn riff. yeah um which i think is unfair about from corn and lacuna core to be honest <laughs> because yeah, they've got their own distinctive styles uh, but it's been it's almost thrown around like an insult which i think is totally unfair to both bands the the fact remains that there is a different type kind of down-tuned bass that we first see in prominence in Karma Code. It doesn't make it a corn clone, in my mind. It doesn't make it an Americanized sound, in my mind. It makes it a different kind of sound from the albums we've heard before. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. It makes it, it gives you that kind of heavy reverb, uh, that, that real strong bass you see, uh, and here, Marco coming to the fore there. And I really like that in Karma Code. Uh, but I do recognise that for a lot of people, that was really strange because it wasn't there before. As you say, there was that kind of, there was that heavy bass. You only got to look at the, the, the big sounds like Swamp that we saw on, on the previous album to, to recognise that. But it was a different kind of bass sound. And I don't think people were expecting it. And I don't think people, some people, not everybody, some people didn't like it. And that's when they went, oh, they've gone all American. They've lost their identity and all those kind of um, short-sighted statements. That wasn't the case, I don't think at all. Uh, what I will say, and this is your point about the live, Russ, is that they wrote this album after three years, pretty much, of constant touring. And... I haven't spoken to the bands in the part band in the past. There are certain tracks from previous albums that they know that they were never going to play live because they weren't live songs. They didn't have the energy. They didn't have the the, the, the tempo that they wanted from playing live. And I generally believe that, and I've said this so many times before, I'm sure it's become monotonous by now, that Karma Code 
was the album that they wrote to be played live. Totally, yeah. You only have to look at so many gems in 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 the uh, the track list from the album that can be transferred onto a set list, and whether it's our truth that's opened the show, which uh, throws us for those that know it that close the show with the the energy of that, or fragments of faith to the eggs. You could the list goes on. It's it's one of those gems that it transfers so well, which is their intention as we've all, all all said and it works so well um and you can't fault them on that mm. Mm. And, I, and i think i mean it, i've talked about the mix in this album and I, again i i'm not a big fan of the mix in this album i would much prefer this i'd much prefer to hear karma code live and i'm glad that the the one live dvd that lacuna coila released was from vacan and includes most of Karma Code songs, basically, um, because they're at, that's where they're at their strength. I think. I think also in terms of the lyrics and the, and the music, the the way that the music's been constructed, there, it, there's simplicity there. Um, the there isn't that kind of a bleakness about the lyrics. Not as much. There's still some, as I think we've, we've drawn out over the last thirteen weeks. But there isn't that kind of what the hell are these lyrics about or deep poetry all those kind of things because karma code i think whether consciously or not when they made it is one of those songs that one of those albums that they wanted to to have the music in your face and the lyrics in your face and simple so that they would create a certain vibe when played in front of a live audience and i don't think that was always compatible with complex deep lyrics though those things things don't necessarily create the kind of energy you want repetitive lyrics to a certain extent to get people jumping and you know all those kind of things and and that's what i think uh, uh, they did with karma code does that ring true with you russ i think it does and you know as we mentioned it's the fact that you know i'd say at least four of the songs um, that again that mike mentioned are still staples to this day what are we eight years down the line in the live set if you forget, take Enjoy the Silence off for a minute. It's a 12-track record, four of those tracks. So a third of the album, eight years later, is still played live in pretty much every regular set list. Mm. So, again, it just just sums it up, really, in its entirety. It was written as a live record to be played live, to be energetic, to be fun for the band and fun for the audience. Looking at the songs, then, when I cast my eyes across the track list, as I'm doing now, ignoring Enjoy the Silence, which they've always said is a bonus track you know this is a 12 track album with a bonus track on it there's one song on here which in my mind is just stands out not as necessarily the best track on the album but as a a song which i don't know epitomizes everything that i know about the kunikola and that is closer <laughs> yeah and it's just a wonderful wonderful song and, I, and we talked about it with cynthia a few weeks ago but when you look at karma code and you read through those and you, you you've got all the heavy and the heavy tracks and then there's that one thrown in there that was when i first heard that song that was when i realized that uh, lacuna coil had taken that branch and said this is the journey we're on this is where we're going we're going to have fun with our music and we say we're not doing this to fit any kind of mode or model or form or style. This is who we are, and there you go, like us or not. And, and I, I think when I first listened to the whole of this album, my 
my respect for Lacuna Coil as a band just multiplied, really. It really, really did. I was not expecting this. It could have really, really easy for them, I think, to have created another coma lines if they'd wanted to. Really easy. But they chose not to, and they went in this, this direction. And it's not completely different. People said this is nothing like the previous albums. Well, I've listened to this album mixed in with Unleashed Memories, Inner Reverie, and Coma Lines, and it is still a Lacuna Coil album. You can still hear similarities between what they've done before and, and Karma Cloud. Um, in, in terms of standout tracks for you guys, what, what stands out for you from this album and why? Uh, I struggle really because there is, there is so much that you could pick. You've mentioned Closer. I think that um, within me, <clears throat> excuse me, um, within me for its simplicity compared to the other tracks on the album, I think works really well it's an in, invisible light i i like it. Um, it i mean it's hard to say really there's so many on there i mean fragments of faith i, I will have so much time for that and that's one of out of all of them i would think um live that's one of my favorites it's but I can't fault any of them I, I love the whole thing yeah there's a few highlights for me um our truth just because of you know the sheer scale of the song when it came out it just blew the band up again yeah. similar in the UK, I think it was the biggest profile that Lacuna Coil had had, certainly to, to this point, and similar to what they experienced in the States with sort of the, the Ozfest and the band and Coma Lines just blowing up because our truth at the time was just everywhere. Hmm. I mean, similarly, big shout out for Fragments of Faith, as Mike mentioned. That's definitely still one of my favourite songs uh, with an Andrea vocal, especially live because of the energy and what he brings to it. It's just awesome. And as I've mentioned, you know, the combination of you create what I see just because of the the opening song, the opening night on that tour, with that imagery, with the bandages, with the light, with the smoke, it was just immense. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about the one sort of standout song for me, and, and it's not my favourite song on the album, as I say. It was one that, when I was looking at the track list, I think You Create What I See is brilliant. I'm a massive fan of Without Fear. Fragments of Faith, as I said, when I first reviewed it i didn't really get it i didn't really think it was great when i heard it on the album and then i heard it live and i was like okay this is what this song's supposed to be like to the edge great devoted great um our truth great i mean it just you can just rattle off these songs and they just go on and on and on and and i don't think the album's brilliant um i reviewed this back in 2006 and a bit have taken the mickey out of me as a consequence i have to say my my first album review and i read over it and i and I, I would probably looking at it now i've probably downplayed my review i actually tend to do that thinking about it looking at my reviews of all the albums of the clinical that i've done but um i said at the time quite simply karma code is a unique masterpiece and actually i, I i'm quite happy to stand by those words now eight years later i generally do believe that this is one of if not their most important album i really do for the reasons we talked about the branch in their road in their career what it had to do after coma lights to sort of cement the their popularity the diversity of the songs on it the heaviness of the songs the the way it it um it highlights their strength as a live band i i generally believe that this is their most important album important release i think that the uh, half a million copies also has a lot to say about that as well i think that's a, a very true statement because again going back to the the hallowed grounds of english rock and metal 
this is the album that carried Lacuna Coil to Castle Donington and download and that main stage. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've all got our favourites, yeah, but our, you know, our Unleashed Memories and our Coma Lies and our Dark Adrenalines and what went before, what come after, they're all important in terms of the history of this band. But for me, Karma Code is that important step. And uh, I think that it'll be a long time before it gets, gets knocked off its perch. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying this is my favourite album of Lacuna Cults, uh, but it's very much up there. And I've controversially said in the past that I prefer this album to Coma Lies. Um, people have given me a hard time on the forums about that. How can you possibly <laughs> say that about Comalize? It is their best album, and like uh, for you maybe, um, but I as and there are individual songs on on Comalize, like um, we um, entwined, like Swamped, which you know I they're in my top three or four favorite Lacuna Core songs. So clearly, individual songs on Karma Code aren't going to quite be as good as them in terms of you know what i think about them but um i'm rambling now but overall the album for me i prefer to Lines, and i listen to it far more than i listen to Lines now and I, actually thinking back on it now i probably listen to karma karma code more than i listen to unleash memories which is a controversial thing to say coming from me but there you go bringing this conversation to a close then what's our final thoughts on karma code you got anything else you want to add mike um, not really. It's, it just cements its legacy. As we mentioned, it starts as it means to go on. It's a heavy, heavy opener, and everything else falls into place. One thing I will say is that when when I bought this on the day of release, it did take it did take a while to get used to used to listening to to it because it was so unique um, with its sound and everything. And I think that's maybe a bad reflection on comparing it to everything else that went before. Um, but I think going forwards, they've, uh, they've got a gem of an album and it's, um, it's stood the test of time as we've discussed. Fair enough. What about you, Russ? You got anything else you want to add about Karma Code? Final thoughts for me. Um, as you mentioned, Fork in the Road, um, a pinnacle point in a band's career. And um, it's definitely a, a moment to be celebrated. It's a great record. And uh, hopefully in two years, we might get a 10th anniversary show, which would be nice. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. If, uh, do you know what? One of my biggest Stop regrets over the last couple of years is not getting over to to um, Metal Female Voices Fest. Did I say mm. that right? Maybe. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. It just came <laughs> out. Like Metal Female Voices Fest. Oh, I, do you know what? I, I'm, I'm getting good at this. Um, yeah, last year, and not seeing all of Karma Code played live. Mm. I... I that's a big regret of mine. I uh, wish I had managed to get out over there. Uh, yeah, we... Final thoughts on this then. And let me start off with, by telling you that uh, I first heard this album. I was actually um, having a conversation. I was in a little kind of a mini business meeting. We were talking about street teaming over at the Century Media offices in Camden in North London. And I was sitting in the offices uh, having a chat and they were playing some music in the background. And I didn't know what it was first of all, for about 30 seconds, shall we say, because I've never heard these, never heard Karma Code or, or anything on it, because I think about two-thirds of the way through the album, and it was on quite low, so I couldn't really make out the details of it. I was like, okay, I wonder what that is. That sounds interesting. And then the beginning of Enjoy the Silence came on, which is obviously a song I recognised. And I realised at that point that, because I knew that Enjoy the Silence was on Karma Code, and I knew that that song 
what I was hearing was enjoyed silence and I was in central media offices so it's unlikely to have been the original given what I'd heard previously I thought I think I might just have listened to Karma Code without realising it so I actually said was that the Karma Code he went oh yeah 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 and I was like can I have a listen and he went yeah of course you can so I then sat down and listened to it and then I think it was the next day that they did the there was a press release at the Devonshire Arms in Camden where a number of people from the press including myself, though I wasn't wearing, you know, I wasn't formally from the press, they just invited me along. Listen to the, the whole album, then did a series of interviews with the different band members. And that was where I got to, to listen to it fully, shall we say, because it was being played out inside this pub and kind of make lots and lots of scribbling notes, which I think I lost, unfortunately, because I really ought to have kept them about what I thought of each of the songs. That was the first time I heard it. Um, but, and, but clearly not the last. What we've not done is um, we've not, talked about the numbers have we and rush you just reminded me so we reviewed all the songs on the album we've averaged them up and karma code comes out at 8.3 by my reckoning uh it's fair to say that uh, the game and invisible light kind of knock it down in a few places but i think and rush you reminded me earlier i think we put coma lines at 8.5 didn't we that's how it came out about yeah. That, yeah. yeah and bearing in mind the numbers that we've got here are the numbers that we've record we've the, the numbers for the the songs on the album and in almost every song we've said but live this is probably a nine or a ten so this feels about right though i disagree with it but again that's because of my personal personal view on coma line coma uh, versus coma lights but 8.3 out of 10 feels like a good number for karma code i suspect were we to do the numbers for what we think of it as a live album we'll probably be getting up to the nines possibly even tens out of ten yeah. it won't be tens out of ten but it'll certainly be the nine out of ten so does that feel about right for you guys yeah yeah it's happy, great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah good good okay well we were on track then so yeah there we go uh i'll say it before i say it again i think this is a unique masterpiece i love karma code and uh, i'll probably be playing it on vinyl once I finish doing this podcast. So there you go. Oh, that brings us to a close for, for Karma Code. Uh, what we will do next week, just as a kind of a little add-on, is we'll be rattling through the extra songs that came that they released, not on Karma Code, but on the, the B-sides of singles that they released. So that's um, Without a Reason and Virtual Environment. And then after that, we'll be talking about the live DVD because it's got lots of juicy stuff on it. Um, and if you don't have that you need to buy it but that's another conversation for another day Well, I think that brings us to a close this week on the Empty Spiral podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I hope you enjoyed our whistle-stop tour of Karma Code. And I hope that you um, touch base with us over at the Empty Spiral website, which is www.emptyspiral.net. You can also contact us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash emptyspiral.net on Tumblr emptyspiralnet.tumblr.com and at Twitter we're at, at emptyspiralnet we're also on G+, but I can never get that's a really long URL so just search for Empty Spiral if you want to join the G, uh, the Google Plus community we've got a few people on there and it's growing so if you're a Google Plus fan then uh, 
join us and talk about Lacuna Core on Google Plus. So yeah, that that pretty much brings us to a close. Um, have a great week, everybody, and look forward to catching up with you all soon. Cheers. 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 Cheers.